Hey, you guys, I'm Mervyn Cole, and I am your host of The Ramble. It is a brand new comedy podcast featuring comedians in Los Angeles. Let's get started. Oh, right. Do I begin? Let's see. First ever episode coincidentally starts. On Halloween, arguably the spookiest day of the year, and I'm here recording from Los Angeles, in between La Cienega and La Brea, where you'll often find people walking around like zombies with masks on. Amongst the tense cities and COVID-19 with fire and brimstone. All right. So I first guest on the ramble and I'm not actually going to attempt to butcher her name because I have been a victim of name assault in my life throughout the years my name is mervin and for some reason people can't even fucking say mervin they say melvin marvin marilyn i've been called and uh at some point in middle school some people just gave up and just said jc penny so uh i'm gonna let her say it here she is you're on the <laughs> ramble hey what's up what's happening so how do you say how do you pronounce your That's name so funny uh, my name is Senya, like Senya from Kenya. Tenya from, okay, so the N is silent then. Yeah, Senya okay. from Kenya. Ah. Yep, the N is silent. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. I would have been like, Tenya? Like, I, I would not have, I would totally fuck that up. Awesome, man. Uh, that's <laughs> it's so, all good. It's all good. Okay, so so were you, you were born in Kenya, right? Yep. Oh, okay, yep, cool. I was born in Kenya. And, and when did you come over here to the United States of craziness? I got to America via Canada. So I actually grew up in, well, part-time in Ontario, like a small town outside of Toronto. And then I uh, moved to Vancouver when I was five. Ooh. And then we moved to Charleston, South Carolina when I was 11. Oh, wow. (laughs) It was so exciting. I thought, you know, like, it was America. Like, anytime you're, even in Canada, people are like, what, you're going to America? That's amazing. It's, it's gonna be dope. <laughs> like at the time, you know, it was like it was ninety. It was ninety eight when we moved. So I think like the biggest celebrities were like I think Tupac had just died a couple of years before that. I think he died in ninety seven, right? I don't know. Don't Somewhere around there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it sounds it sounds but, right. Yeah, so, and like the Bulls were pretty. You know, like Michael Jordan was like a celebrity and like we were moving to South Carolina and I was like, North Carolina's like right around the corner and he played for, you know, right. The Tar Heels. Like, I was just like, yeah. yeah, the Tar Heels. So yeah, I was just like, Oh my God, we're going to South Carolina. It's going to be hype. All these black people, they're free. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> uh, but it wasn't. <laughs> what, what were the difficult? So you already knew English though. Like you already, cause you went to Canada, right? Yeah. Or, or did you, or did you know French too, or just English? Yeah, well, I went to an immersion school, so you they were taught both, like French and English. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I knew English. Okay. That wasn't, that wasn't a problem. Yeah. Okay, all right. So you knew English, and you kind of understood, like, Western culture. You were only 11 years old. It wasn't, like, 25 or something, where it was kind of, like, more of a shock or whatever. Yeah, no, I already, you know, I, I was accustomed to American culture. It was, the shock came from just understanding the racial dynamics in America. Like, that was real. Like, I was like, oh, these right. textbooks say they're free, but, like, they're not really that free. Right, and and in um, Kenya, I mean, like, everyone is Kenyan. Everyone is everyone is African, right? Like, so it's like, when you see a white person, you're kind of like, oh, well, you know, they're like the minority there. Well, sort of, yeah. I mean, it's, it sort of depends. People who are not, like, I guess, genetically in indigenous to Kenya. I feel like that was probably the most political way of saying that Uh or politically correct way of saying that. But like when you see white people in, in Kenya, you're like, Oh shit, Scientologists. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Uh, 
they've probably been there for a while. Like they're either their family, like they like moved there, for, you know, like they were born there, but their family immigrated or they've actually, their families have lived there for generations because we were colonized. Oh, okay. By the yeah. British. So, and yeah. And like our freedom just came like circa 1970, you know, like, the late 60s so it's like it's not like we we haven't been free for that long um so there's still like there's white people in positions of power they're not like peasants so if you see a white person in africa they probably live pretty well so when you were growing up was was there any crazy shit like what was happening in south africa like with apartheid or any of that kind of shit not necessarily apartheid didn't happen in my experience of like in my like historical experience of Kenya. I've never really heard that sort of experience. It's just that opportunities are more available to people who have wealth. And obviously people who have wealth generally have been white. I see. You know what I'm saying? Like, just cause that's the way it was set up. It was like, well, you have, it's, it's like a catch 22. You have to have the money to have the opportunity, but you have to have the opportunity to have the money. So it's like, how do you get ahead? <laughs> right. Right. So you're kind of like stuck. In a, in a ways, yeah. Sometimes, yeah. But, like, you know, when Kenya went back, well, when Kenya became independent, they tried to have opportunities for more wealth. Like, there's opportunities to buy back the land, which I think is a very interesting, weird thing. Like, how are you going to buy back the land that was stolen? Right, <laughs> right, right. But that's what they're doing. It's like they're trying to offer people the opportunity to have land at a discounted rate, even though it should have been their family's land in the first place. Yeah. So is it, a, <laughs> is it like Nigeria where it's like, it's like resources heavy or, or like what's like the main export, the big money maker there? God, you know, I'm the worst Kenyan. I don't know. I think tourism is really big. I know that for sure. Oh, tourism. Okay. Oh, is yeah, it, there's a lot of like national so parks? Safari. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, wow, that, if you want to see all of the animals, like that's where you go. Right, and Obama's brother. He's there, right? <laughs> and Obama's family, <laughs> right. Yeah, his extended family is like, it's a real uh, <laughs> tourist experience. Stop by at his village. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or what would have been. <laughs> So, so you're 11 years old, you're in South Carolina, and you're kind of acclimating to U.S. culture, and uh, today is Halloween, so what was your first experience with that as, as an 11-year-old from Kenya, via Canada? Um, you know, I was thinking about that. I've never really had a weird Halloween experience. Like, I know that people have done blackface and, like, <laughs> done weird shit like that, yeah. but, like, I've never experienced it and maybe I have been the culprit like I have definitely gone out once as like a fat ass and all I did was put two pillows in my butt like (laughs) (laughs) like that's what I that was like my outfit I was like I'm gonna go out here and be a fat ass like so I don't know maybe I will be (laughs) did you do that trick-or-treating or did you go to a party I went to well, I went to, well, both. I went to, like, trick-or-treat because I was, like, 23, and I was like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> and then I went to a house party. Okay, all right. So it was pretty pretty normal. Okay. Yeah. But I don't know. That's, that could be offensive. Yeah. We could be offending someone in the future right now. Like, who knows? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. It could. <laughs> no, no, it, it, it could definitely be one of those, like, like, I would have to put a trigger warning before I start the show. Um <laughs> Possibly offending somebody in 2034. So have you had had any kind of like scary situations, spooky situations, anything that's happened to you while you were here in the U.S. where you've been pretty freaked out, like uh, ghosts or something or or, or just something scary? Yeah, yeah. any kind of of spookiness Uh, for today? You know, honestly, like... Spooky season is funny to me because being a woman is like terrifying every day. Like every day is, is fucking spooky season. So like having a particular story for Halloween is not like the case. Like it's not limited, you know, my experience of spooky behavior is not limited to October. Unfortunately, I wish it was. 
What was your last, uh, uh, like, scary experience? Well, I did have a fine gentleman follow me home. And as, like, the gate closed, because I lived in one of those apartments that had the garage gate. Oh, yes. And so the gate happened to start closing behind me. Yeah. And, uh, like, he couldn't get into the gate. But then as I got out of my car, he waited there. And I was like, oh, there's, like, a car waiting to get in. And I, of course, didn't open it for them because I'm that person. I'm not opening the gate for you, even if I've seen your car before. Uh, so I was just like, I get out of my car and I'm walking and he's like, hey. And I was like, hi. And he was just like, yeah, you should go back to Africa. <laughs> wow. Wow. Jesus. And I Welcome was like, to America. That is, that is just. I uh, was like, how did you know? <laughs> Matter of fact, I uh, actually am from Africa. How did you know? <laughs> and are you willing to help a girl out? It is expensive. <laughs> the cost of living is out of control. Um, like, <laughs> you know, help a girl out. I'll start a GoFundMe. Like, are you going to fund this adventure back to Africa? Or like, right, what? lob your wallet over the fence, buddy. Let's let's get the let's get it going. Exactly. You want me to go back? That's cool. Well, that's absolutely terrifying. But, yeah, it was very bizarre because he followed me home. Yeah. So I didn't even like know. I don't know this man at all. Yeah. I don't know when he decided to follow me. He just did, and he was so committed that he waited outside of my gate <laughs> for me to walk out into my building because I waited in my car for a while. I think I was like on the phone. Right, right. And so he was committed. He waited. He waited for me to get out. <laughs> Just looking around for women to basically harass. I mean, it's really sad, but true. I mean, I mean, sometimes I laugh, but it's, it's just because literally it's yeah. true that it happens. And it's, it's like a sad fucking laughter, <laughs> you know, it's just like, God, damn yeah. it. you know, it's uh, right. Yeah. It's like, it's totally, it's weirdly common. Like this girl I was talking to was like, Oh yeah, I've been followed so many times. And I said, that's crazy. I was like, do you not understand that this should not be a normal occurrence in our lives? Like, this shouldn't be so casual. Oh, yeah, this time this guy followed me home. This is scary shit that's happening in America oh, right yeah. now and probably should be covered a lot more uh, in, in the news or, or whatnot, not just a couple of blogs yeah. and some podcasts, you know. But Oh, for sure, yeah. I think the scariest thing that actually happened to me that I can like think about off the top of my head is I had this roommate and she would have like guys over all the time, which was fine. Like she had her, you know, we had boundaries, like guys can come over, whatever. I, I don't care. You know what I mean? Like yeah. when you have like your roommate you sort of like set up boundaries. Like I didn't care that she had multiple dudes over. I didn't, I just, we never really engaged. I never engaged with them. Sure. But one night I woke up, in the middle of the night, it was probably like three thirty or four in the morning, and there was a man standing in my doorway. Oh no! And just, just staring like, at you, and and he was just staring at me. And oh. I woke up. I don't know why I woke up, but I did. And I saw him, and he looked at me. He didn't even like flinch or move. He just stood there, stared right back at me, and then I, of course, just like shouted for my roommate. And then he turned around and walked back in his, yeah. I guess to her room. Oof. <laughs> yeah, that's freak. That's freaky. That is that is definitely. I was like, funny. "What the hell?" And yeah, and then after that, we never met anymore. Yeah, that's just weird. <laughs> that's just weird. So the um, yeah. the election is in four days. Where were you Oof. in 2016? I was in LA. Uh huh. I was at a, uh, what is that place called? It's like a bar, something beanery. Barney's. Barney's Beanery, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The one on uh, in some, Hollywood, West Hollywood. Yeah. Yep, I was there with some friends, um, some acting friends. We'd gotten out of class and decided to go get a drink and watch Hillary win. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> And it didn't, how, that drink. <laughs> how, uh, 
How uh, how drunk <laughs> were we you watched? that night? Like like on a scale of one to ten, like how fucking wasted were you? Oh man, on a scale of one to ten, I was like a thirteen. I was wasted. Yeah. It was like oh, I had envisioned that something like this would happen. I was like, oh, she will probably win the popular vote, but we've got this stupid fucking electoral, you know? Like, I just was like, I don't trust this process. And uh, unfortunately, my worst fear came true. And most people. Yeah, it was definitely uh, a shocker. It was brazen, a brazen theft. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, and 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 it's it's funny because um, I'm I'm seeing this year I'm seeing a lot of people on Facebook not as confident in a Trump victory. I have a lot of friends, like right wing friends, from when I used to live in um, part of San Diego that was very very conservative uh, when I grew when I grew up. So their responses mm-hmm. are a little different this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's a little it's a little more muted. It's not as in your face. So, um, could be different this time. And, uh, it's funny. I was in, in 2016, I was in Yosemite. I, I had just gotten my parks pass and I, and I was like, oh, this is great. I'm going to, I'm going to go on this vacation. I'm going to get away from it all. It's all going to be freaking fun. I'm going to go on these hikes and, and it's going to be this mm-hmm. great, grand spiritual experience where I'm going to tune in later and I'm going to see that, uh, Hillary Clinton had won and the country had come to their senses and mm-hmm. eventually we'll be able to solve this climate crisis that's hovering over us day by yeah. day. And, oh, God, yeah. and uh, for me, someone who, who's had student debt, you know, some, some sort of relief package for millennials and uh, mm-hmm. these kind of things. And nope, not at all. I uh, walked into the bar <laughs> And I walked into the bar after a long day of hiking, like a long day of hiking. And and it's hilarious because when you're in California, especially Los Angeles, you see a lot of Hillary, you see a lot of Bernie, you see a lot of Biden, you see a lot of these, these signs everywhere. They're like everywhere. And the only place like I've ever seen a bunch of Trump signs in my life is when I drive to the, like through the central Valley to go hiking in these areas, like Sequoias and the Yosemite Mm -hmm. Valley. And so when I go there, I see it and I'm like, Oh, well, you know, these are just like, kind of like good old boys, like, like hick farmers or whatever. And they're, there's kind of like, well, you know, you got to pull up your bootstraps and all that kind of stuff. And we ain't got no goddamn student loans or whatever. And so like, you know, so, (laughs) you know, they don't give a shit. And they're like, you know, as long as we give us subsidies or whatever the fuck, they're fine. So, yeah. so I, I get it. And so I'm like, okay, so I see the sign. I see Devin Nunez is like, like uh, say no to socialism and all this stuff. And, uh, you know, you kind of laugh and whatever. Yeah. And uh, I, w- I was there. <laughs> I was there in like in the bar and everybody uh-huh. was just was like, they couldn't even watch the sh- like election coverage. They just couldn't see it. They couldn't look at yeah. it. And because they knew it would yeah. happen, like they knew that the, the the battleground states or whatever had already fallen, and and there's no way she could have won. And it was just kind of like, yeah, they're announcing these states that just don't matter at all, you know. So I gotten you know to the bar at this time, and so I'm sitting yeah. there, and I'm like, <laughs> I had a great day, awesome. and it was it was just long, it was beautiful, and I had to drive all the way back to this great hotel outside of Yosemite, it was about an hour and a half outside of Yosemite. And I was pumped up and I wanted mm-hmm. some food and I wanted some drinks. And then I sit down and I see it and my jaw dropped mm-hmm. and I, and I could tell by the room, but then there was just this one guy, one guy just beaming, just one fucking guy in the corner Oh no! and he's got a cowboy hat and he's got boots on oh, no. and he's like, yeah. And he's like. <laughs> Not even staying at this damn resort. You know, he's not even, like, a guest. Like, he's just, he's just, like, you know, like, he, like, knew one of the bartenders or something like that. And he just kind of, like, drove his truck in from, like, whatever. And so he's like, I want to see his coverage. And, I'm, and, and he was just like, oh, yes, sir, this is great. This is wonderful. This is, this is just what it's, this is, this is America now. This is how it's supposed to be. And this is, like, 
And I'm like thinking, no, like, no. like, oh my God, I've never wanted to fight someone in my life, but this guy right here, <laughs> it's like, this guy is like, that was, that was 2016. And so I uh, decided yeah. for this election um, to take my Yosemite trip before the election. And uh, oh. yeah, so I just got back and I, I'm, I'm very refreshed. I feel good. And uh, I yeah. did see a, a lot of Trump signs. In fact, I stopped at a burger place and I thought it was really funny. I, there was actually nobody wearing a mask. It was kind of oh, like, yeah, there was nobody wearing a mask and everyone's like drinking and stuff. But it, I mean, it was outside at least like the, uh, the eating area. Yeah. Um, okay. but like none of the, you know, none of the people inside of the restaurant serving the food or anybody, everybody's like, nah, we're not wearing a mask. And then if you like hang one off your ear or like put one on then everyone kind of like stares at you like, oh, goddamn liberals over there. They must be bringing that COVID-19 up here. But, um, so. <laughs> Why do you need the mask? Yeah. <laughs> you must be sick. Hmm? <laughs> oh man. Well. Do you feel ready to conquer potential disappointment? <laughs> I'm ready this time. I, I was I was completely shocked um, last time, but I feel a little bit more confident this time anyway because uh, she was under a lot of scrutiny for all those emails and all that stuff. Even though it was, it was pretty much you know a BS witch hunt anyway, kind of like uh, yeah. how what's his face, Mr. Trump thinks he's he's always under a BS witch hunt. Well, I mean. Look at what happened to Hillary. Yeah. I mean, whether it was Benghazi or these ridiculous emails or the server, it was uh, it was all a bunch <laughs> of nonsense. Yeah. But, um, what so yeah. what issues what issues matter the most to you um, as a voter now in 2020? And has anything changed from 2016, or is are you? Or is, is, is it basically everything's just the same? We just went back in time or frozen in time for like four years under the Trump administration. <laughs> oh, man. Um, you know, it's hard to say what we've really gone through in the past four years. Yeah. Because it's like we're still in it. And I think like the aftermath like of this whatever, some people I guess will call it trauma. Um, <laughs> I just... I, I don't know how we're going to come out of this, but hopefully November in a few days we'll have, well, I guess it's going to take a couple weeks to actually determine who the president was saying, but hopefully mid November, we have a new president. My beliefs haven't really changed in terms of what I thought in 2016 and what I as values now in 2020 uh, I think that my choices have been altered, of course. You know, last, in 2016, we we're choosing between Hillary and Donald, and now we're choosing between Joe Biden and Trump. So it's like the choices are different, and that sort of makes you track your own sort of, like, what your own values are, right? Because, like, my values might be different if I could choose between Joe Biden and Bernie, right? Like, I would have different, I would probably, I'd vote for Bernie. But I don't have that choice. So I have to make a choice that fulfills some of my values in that all. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I do. And I want to thank you for not being a radical Bernie bro and saying, I will not vote at all. I mean, that, that is just such a... <laughs> I see it all the time no, on the internet. and I. Tr- uh, well, it's it's all over the internet. I try not to log in on uh, Facebook, and and but it, it's like yeah. one of the it's like kind of like crack for me. Like I'm like oh yeah, yeah. And so I end up doing it, and uh, sometimes I engage, but mostly I, I I just stop and and you know close the app. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah. you know, so it's it. So yeah, a lot no, of people are coming either. around. And, and I was a Bernie supporter too. And I, I went to the rally in, in, in downtown Los Angeles where they had public enemy playing and, and it was all this thing. And, you know, Flavor Flav mm-hmm. was like, that's a fake revolution, man. You can't back him. And then Chuck D was like, fuck you, you're out of the band, bro. And, and kicked him right out. And, uh, <laughs> I thought that was, <laughs> I thought that was badass. And, um, you know, it, it it's, it's funny cause, uh, there were a lot of young people there and there was, there was mm-hmm. definitely some old people there too, but um, yeah. it, it, I didn't think it was a fake revolution. I think it was really, it's, I think it's, I was talking to a friend that um, 
was was a Biden supporter from the from the beginning. Um, and he told me like he he actually went to the the rally with me too because he he lives in downtown and so he just walked there and, and uh, you know we got some food after and all this stuff. Obviously pre pandemic, it was very very nice. It, it, it's funny right. how how much everything has changed. Where it was just like everything was like you take the damn subway and you have no fear. <laughs> like well, I, I, yeah. Well, oh since I'm a man, I guess I don't have the fear like women do when they're taking subways and walking around. I don't really the have that. Different now, yeah, it, you know. Yeah, now it's the like invisible. Oh yeah, it's. I've been dying because one of my favorite things to do, even a, a, a dude in my thirties. One of my favorite things to do is, uh-huh. is head on down to Disneyland and get hammered. <laughs> like I, I fucking love doing that. It's like one of my favorite fun <laughs> things to do. And and you know ride rides or just walk around, eat, eat at the restaurants yeah. or whatever. And it's it's funny because For like fun. when I was a kid, I I didn't like it. Like when I was a teenager or whatever, I was like like this is like you know big capitalist crap you know it's like big merchandising you know they just it's this big money suck you know whatever uh, and now i'm like yeah. you know decked out with all the freaking mickey stuff and i'm like take <laughs> my money you know i'm just like i don't care like now i'm like like yeah. all for that crap and so you know they're saying oh you got to get in this certain tier in order to to open up the parks even 25 percent with masks and with you know the sanitizers and all that stuff you still have to get the actual mm-hmm. county into like these little tiers of of infection rates and stuff and cases and yeah you know it's it's probably not going to happen because it's one of those viruses that just so easily transmissible that it's it's pretty difficult to breach that that tier so even i'm getting like ultra progressive kind of left left wing guy you know, kind of like, mm-hmm. oh, the government won't open Disneyland. Like, I'm just not, like, happy with it. So I'm pretty over over it, you know, over the whole situation. But um, anyway, mm-hmm. back to the rally. <laughs> <laughs> back to the rally. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, I think everyone's sort of exhausted, you yeah. know. Like, it's been a long time to sort of have to have the same conversation. And nothing is really changing. So it's like some people feel fed up. Yeah. They feel like, well, fuck it. Like I've probably been exposed to it. Maybe I've maybe I've even had it. Maybe I'm on a clinical trial. Yeah. <laughs> I always look at people who aren't wearing a mask, and I'm like, which uh, which trial are you a part of, <laughs> Johnson Johnson? Is it a? <laughs> I heard Pfizer. Pfizer. Yeah, I heard Pfizer's who, paying good money. Who rep it? Yeah, Moderna, <laughs> OPK, which one? So, <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, I mean, I mean, there's definitely a lot of fatigue going on with this thing. Um, For sure, yeah, rightfully so. We should have, we should have had a better response to this pandemic, you know. And everyone's frustrated now. People are not having jobs but they also have bills. Like, so you don't have a job, you can't pay your bills. The stimulus package hasn't been, you know, there's a lot of frustration. So yeah, yeah. It's, I totally uh, understand people's fatigue and like wanting to get back to work and feed their children and pay their bills and childcare and school and just like all of it together. I can't even imagine. Yeah. I mean, you and I met on uh, the set of a television show. Uh, what was that? Like a, it had mm-hmm. been more than a year ago. And life was just normal, <laughs> you know. Right. And you're doing you're you're stand up, you're stand up comedian, yeah. and so like that's your bread and butter. And you haven't been able to do many shows, right? Is it's it's been no. That's like your lifeblood, right? Yeah. Um, so when everything shut down at first, and kind of you know, I was thinking it's only going to be a few weeks. We'll all get back out on the road, and there'll be a new plan. You know, like I was working on something at the time, so I was like, okay, I'll work on this project. And that will end and the pandemic will also end and I'll hopefully get on the road and um, prepare for festivals is what I was planning on doing. And of course, it just kept going and going and going. Um, I've done shows online, which has been fun. It's been like interesting to open up myself in a different way, like doing shows and London online, you know, like it's kind of fun to like meet those people I would have never met or maybe I would have met them, but like I'm still at home in Los Angeles and I'm like, just met somebody across the pond. You know what I mean? Like, so that's kind of cool. Yeah. 
No, that's a, that's um, like a new kind of opportunity. That, that's a, that's definitely a positive thing from the take yeah. from this. Yeah, but I mean, you know, in terms of actually making money in comedy, it's really hard. It's hard no matter what. Like, yeah, even even with everything open. <laughs> with everything open, yeah. I mean, you'll do a show and, and make nothing most of the time. Absolutely most of the time, you're not going to make anything. Maybe you'll make 10 bucks, 15, you know, 30, 100 right. if you're lucky. Like, or if you're on tour and you happen to have everything paid for you, then you're doing fucking great. Right. But yeah, it's such a small percentage of the comedians that are out there just trying to right and then when you're when you're first starting like like what i I was dabbling like like i do mostly like video digital sketch and shorts and things like that web and tv Mm -hmm. but early i would say february ish uh i was i was starting to do more uh live stuff like stand up and and sketch shows and things like that so uh Mm -hmm. i had just written my first five minutes and i was gonna start hit open mics and you literally have to pay like five, 10 bucks, mm-hmm. whatever, to go up yeah. and test your shit. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, so like, yeah, comedy is not, you know, it, it, <laughs> unless you're up, up in the higher rungs or whatever, you're, you're not raking the money. And so, so it's definitely one of those things. No. Things where you're, you're, you're hustling, hustling, hustling. Oh yeah. 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 You really have to diversify and you really have to try to, you know, transition that, that writing skill to something else that can be monetized. Unfortunately, like that's just the, the science behind it all. Or like there are some, or, well, have been in the past. There have been comedians in the past who have just been club comedians and they travel, you know, and do that. And that's amazing. That's, that's dope. Like to be able to pay your life, <laughs> pay yeah. your life by being a traveling comedian um that's amazing that's all yeah that's they carved their little niche and 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 it's it's working and they book shows yeah and and that's yeah they don't have to write on television i mean i think that's i would love to write television i don't think that's a bad thing but you know what i mean there are these people who are just like no i want to do stand up i want to be in the clubs and that's how they live their lives yeah wow it's that's totally cool that's totally fine um so how how have you dealt with yeah. this? Have have you have you had any bouts of like depression? Have you had any problems like like uh, oh, um, emotional <laughs> problems? Like have you had like <laughs> spiritual problems? Like like I'm just I'm just looking like like the it's whole picture um, yeah. <laughs> of of this because like yeah you you've you've obviously you've made some something work. You've done some virtual stuff. You didn't just give up and then like because a, a lot of people have moved to like other states or whatever and and they've done something mm-hmm. else and they're like I'm just gonna come back when all that stuff reopens. I'm not messing around with that shit and those high rents and right um, and and literally <laughs> uh, the yeah I know those people yeah and, and literally the the state was on fire and and. <laughs> Every year, the yeah. goddamn state is on fire. <laughs> it's like, right. <laughs> at some point, we're going to have to reverse this. We get a this. reckoning every year. Yeah, at some point, we're going to have to reverse the damn climate change. We're not going to have any freaking trees anymore. It, it's it's right. ridiculous. And I, I'm an avid hiker, and there's no way in hell you're going to sit here and remove every tree that's ever died in the forest. Like, like I, right. I always read this, this like right-wing talking point. Well, the forests, which are... <laughs> governed by the federal government by the way which is you know trump it's like it's like you got you got to manage the forest you have to go in and you have to remove the tree and you have to rake and all this stuff it's like dude do it if, if you're so worried about that then do it and then, then get rid of any dead tree that you come across but it's really yeah. because there's a lack of rain and there's dry lightning, and it's really, really bad. And occasionally, you know, you'll have some yeah. some arsonists, some assholes, sure. And you know, mm-hmm. it'll make the, and the fact that it's dry, it'll make it worse because it'll spread faster. And and yeah. And uh, but you know, it's 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 not because of forest management. It's it's because there's no rain, <laughs> guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And also, I mean, in part it can be attributed to the management of the force, but we haven't like that's federally funded and that funding is cut since this administration. So they haven't been able to employ the proper amount of people to be able to even, you know, like this could have been, these fires could have been smaller if we had given them the funding they needed, but, but we didn't. Or yeah. we, well, I guess, yeah, as a collective, we America, this, 
current administration did not give them the right funding. So yeah, you know, there's been so many rollbacks that I've lost count, and 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 it's so there's so many environmental uh, regulations that that have been just removed uh, entirely Mm -hmm. that you, I can't even like, I can't even sit here. I used to be able to like 2017 or whatever, 2018, I used to be able to have like a list of things that I could, I could tell people like, Oh, well, you know, Scott Pruitt who locks himself into a uh, soundproof booth so he can talk to his oil and gas lobbyists. He, uh, you know, (laughs) literally this is what was happening. And like, (laughs) cause the staff, the staff, uh, was leaking what you know all the crazy stuff he was doing. He was the head of the EPA, but he was the the lobbyist for the oil and gas companies prior to being hired by the EPA oh by, Trump, by Trump. Uh, I should of say. course. Uh, that there's no way anyone at the EPA would be like, yeah, let's hire Scott Pruitt. You know, that's, that's just not doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it makes no sense. But uh, anyway, so I, I can't even list them. I, I have no way to, to like, my mind is, it's just so much that has happened yeah. throughout the last four years. I couldn't even sit here and tell you, like, oh, this oh, yeah. and Bears Ears and the Escalante and all the stuff that, you know, is opening up for federal right. drilling and all this stuff. Like, I, I've, I've totally no. lost <laughs> all of that information. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. There's just way too much going on. How could we possibly know? You know what I mean? Like, it's a drive-by every fucking day. Excuse me, I don't even know if I'm allowed to curse on this. But, like, yeah, we're going through a drive-by. Yeah. Every yeah. day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's... And that's why amazing. I'm voting for Biden. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I'm tired of this drive-by. Like, I'm tired of this. Yeah. Um, we need to restore some sanity. We also, And, like, honestly, like, Joe Biden isn't the answer. Like, we have to be more responsible as citizens of this country and also vote the senators, you know, house of representatives, like we need to be more accountable for everyone who holds an office like position, like a federal office, you know, like even our, our city council members, we need to know who those people are. Yeah. It's, it's funny because, um, like, like, going, you know? like going back to um, what, what I was talking about, about uh, the Bernie rally, uh, you know, there was a lot of young people there and it was really cool. It was a lot of enthusiasm and things like that. But, yeah. you know, when it when when it was time to vote um, for the, the uh, Democratic candidate who ended up being Joe Biden, you know, they, they really didn't go and vote like like the the young people really didn't show up. And my friend was telling me he was a Biden supporter. He's like, yeah, if you ever have a, uh, you know, election that uh, relies on issues for, you know, younger generations or whatever, they, they actually don't end up showing up to vote. Uh, you know, one of the reasons is like they're, they don't want to like register. Uh, they don't want to uh, be sent jury summons to do jury duty. They don't want to do any of that. And, you know, like, like there's things like that. Some of them like literally are just so fucking poor that like, you know, or they don't have a way to get to like the jury thing or they're a student, you know, or whatever, like college student or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of valid reasons. That it's impossible, yeah, for them to time out. Yeah, Or they don't have an ID or something because they don't have a car because they don't need a car because they take the bus or they take the subway or they take a lyft or an uber or whatever you know like i get it but it's like man we gotta like really really like start making it like yo bro like voting is cool like it's it's not like you know what i mean like like mm-hmm. we gotta make it we need more than just like taylor swift to be like hey you guys it's time to vote like we need like <laughs> we need like a massive movement and and um i'm seeing uh a lot of good things coming out of um Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. Um, she mm-hmm. she hopped on Twitch the other day, and she she just started like playing video games with a bunch of kids and uh, and and teenagers and whatever twenty year olds, thirty year olds, forty year olds, whatever millennials. Yeah. I guess you could say um, millennials are <laughs> millennials are like forty now, and like uh, so yeah, I mean, that, yeah, like like they're freaking pushing forty because you can be. I think it's like nineteen eighty or something like that is like the the youngest or oldest millennial. Uh, anyway, oh, so yeah, it, the, 
So she so she hops on there, and I don't know I don't know how many viewers or whatever people are, are on there, yeah. but, I, but I see it online. I see it like shared and stuff. And I'm kind of like, yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, this kind of stuff, this, this stuff is cool. Like this stuff, you know, yeah, you might have a couple of things that you may have to do or something, but this shit matters. This is, this is your life. This is your uh, future. You know, this is uh this is part of your family. This is a part of your neighbors, part of your, whatever. So mm-hmm. it's definitely one of those things where there's still needs, there's a lot of work, to do but um i'm glad people like aoc are starting to understand you know yeah. how to engage these young kids yeah i agree i think there there has to be a way that we encourage people to vote you know what i mean like in and uh, now with more flexibility with voting by mail i mean which is not a new concept at all like, literally <laughs> we've been doing it for so long i know but, like, <laughs> It's just like, it's so ridiculous that people are like, it's new, it's fraud. It's like, we've been doing this. Um, it's been a thing. But you know, but like now that more people are realizing that it's, it's a thing that you can do, I hope that that allows people to feel more comfortable with voting and knowing that, you know, that they can vote on their own time, that it's not, you know, this one specific day and that. I've never been called for jury duty, actually, which is hilarious. And now that I say that, I'm I'm, I'm going to get a thing. <laughs> every year, every year, they're like Kenya <laughs> from Kenya. Get your ass downtown. <laughs> um, my name is my name is so ethnic. They're just like, nah, nah, we can't have her. She's going to go the other way. It's unpredictable. <laughs> hey, it, it, yeah, it, so it works. It works in your favor. It works in your favor. I know. Oh I, yeah. I, I had I'm a friend sure, who, sure. who said they were uh, they were a racist, like just to get out of it. And and I thought that was horrible. But, you know, it did work. Well, yeah, I would love to do it. I, you know, I have a friend who's a lawyer and I've asked him if I could watch him, you know, work. Because I mean, I'm fascinated by it. And I think the more that you just know about our legal system as a citizen, like the more informed you are about anything, the better your life is going to be. So I just was curious about the whole thing. And yeah, I've never been asked, never been asked to serve. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for my notice. <laughs> good for you. I'm waiting for it. <laughs> I will, I will do it with complete honesty and they'll probably be like, you're a comedian. You're too honest. Get her out of here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think they should pay the jurors a little more. I mean, if you're going to take time on your oh, day or your, or your job or whatever, whatever it is, because not everybody has, you know, a certain job where you can just, you know, no. hey, yeah, I'm no, going to take for jury should. duty, guys. Can you pay me still? Like, sure. Like, that's like, not, right. every, not everybody has yeah, a job no. like that. Like, so. Oh, of course not. We should. It yeah. should be paid. Yeah. It should be. I think like they reimburse you. I think they reimburse you for oh, something. Really? I don't know what, but it's not much. I think they give you like. 20, 30 bucks, but they should pay you at least like uh, 150 bucks or something like that. I don't know. Oh, okay. I mean, well, you'll add the disclaimer in here when you, <laughs> I mean, every time I, I swear to God, every time I was, uh, I, I was driving in, um, what was it? West Hollywood. I was West Hollywood or, or one of these places around here. Uh, or no, it was just LA, LA, LA city, LA city cops. And they have motorcycle cops everywhere. And so uh-huh. if you, if you, you know, forget to put on your seatbelt or if you touch your phone while you're driving or any of that stuff, the motorcycle cops are the ones that bust you. And so I've, I've got yeah. two tickets. I got a, a seatbelt. I didn't, I forgot to put on my damn seatbelt. And then I got a, a, mm-hmm. a cell phone. I lifted it up. Someone called and I just looked at it and I was holding it yeah. while, the, while I drove by. I wasn't looking at it, but I was holding it in my hand. Like it was still mm-hmm. like I was tripping out when he was like, well, you can't have it in your hand. It has to be on like a, you know, like one of those cradle things. Like it has to be on one of those or on a seat or something. It can't be in the hand while the car's moving, even if you're not looking at it. And I was like, okay, fuck. Okay. <laughs> so, and, and the, the tickets were like insane. Like they were like $300. Like, so if you're paying all this money to the city mm-hmm. to, to, you know, for these, Tickets that, uh, you know, yeah, definitely it's not safe to be on your phone or whatever. And, and you could get really injured if you don't have a seatbelt on. But, you know, I, yeah. I, I mean, it's got a ticky tack kind of kind of thing for that much money. Um, so yeah. 
if you if you're taking that much money from people, from hardworking people, you yeah <laughs> could, could probably pay for you know a juror to make some time out of their day and go you know rule on some case or or give your opinion for some you know criminal case yeah i agree i mean like not even a moving violation a parking violation in la is is 70 something bucks like that's not you're not even moving (laughs) if you have like my speeding ticket was like almost 500 dollars, which is crazy because i wasn't even going i was going 11 over yeah oh my gosh so imagine if I'd been going 15, 20 over, which is like what most people get a ticket for. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, it would have been more. That's crazy. Okay. So we got where you, uh, where you stand on some of these issues <laughs> in the 2020 election, which is four days away. Wee. Yeah. Yes. Um, all right. So back to stand up comedy, because uh, I think this is one of these things that, um, you know, it's 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 kind of like when people think of L.A., you know, a lot of people think, oh, like the tent cities or whatever. You know, I, th- I think it's I, I think it's 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 about like the live entertainment. It's about the restaurants and the bars. And it's about the, the nightlife. Like it's it's uh, yeah, it it's I haven't been able to, you know, sit at a bar, just just not even go to a comedy club, just go to a bar and drink some beer and just sit at some bar and and, you know play on my phone, mm-hmm. talk to somebody or whatever, and just go out. Like, not even stay here, play video games, watch movies or whatever. Like, actually go to a bar and just chill and just take in the ambiance, the music, talk to the bartender and all that stuff. I fucking miss that. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I yeah. just, I miss just, like, doing that. Like, like not not yeah. even, you know, and, and and just staying up. And And that was a big part of just being here in LA and, and, and it's, it, it's funny because it's like now, you know, it's pretty much closed indefinitely. <laughs> so it's kind of like, you know, it, it's, it's starting to weigh on me yeah. and it's, uh, it's not indefinite. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I mean, until like, well, I don't know, May maybe, but um, yeah, say next year, March, maybe March, March. Yeah. That's, that's, that's good. That, that's that's optimistic, <laughs> realistic too, and uh, that's optimistic. It is. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, Trump's was like, oh, you know, December first. You know, he's crazy. But um, Jesus. Yeah. So tomorrow. So, yeah. So so how how have you felt like 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 emotionally dealing with uh, you know some of the shutdowns and uh, you know just just being out because I, I know you had you had a show right at a weekly show uh, for a while there right. Yeah, um, I guess like how I'm feeling emotionally. I've definitely like had the roller coaster. I'm not gonna lie. I've felt like I've really missed stand up and like wondered how I'm gonna ever get to go back to it. You know, like my life just doesn't seem like it can ever be the same. And I don't know if I'll ever shake that feeling, but like I'm hopeful, right? Like I hope that it all opens back up. Um, in terms of like being sad about that um i mean i've been sad (laughs) just about the same things like you like interacting with people is like the thing that i feed off of like as a stand-up comedian like my whole life depends on interacting with people so not being able to meet people or interact with with my friends and create things and you know just like have these life experiences it feels sometimes like it limits my art yeah um so that's something that i was sort of been that i've been like working on or trying to figure out um but now i feel sort of empowered by it (laughs) i've shifted to a more like mind a more mindset of like my mindset is I will be inspired when I'm inspired. Oh, okay. Good. And I'm not forcing myself to create. I'm allowing myself to like be a person. Yeah. Where I feel like sometimes like LA. Yeah. Like LA kind of gives you that. You got to do something. You got to do something right now. And you got to apply for this job and you've got to 
meet these people and you've got to line up your life like this and you got to be a house spot on this thing and be chosen for this festival. And you know what I mean? Like it sort of has that, that expectation yeah, and not being able to do any of those things has narrowed my focus and made me feel more like just in line with what I want to create and what I want to do. So that's nice. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, I, yeah, I don't feel the pressure now. And, and it, like you were saying, like, like you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to do this. And you're, you know, you, this is, this is your, tra- yeah. your trajectory and things like that. And, and you know, it's like <laughs> an agent or manager or something like that. And now it's like, right. you got nothing. And like, you got to have to like push yourself now, which is funny. Cause like the other people used to push yeah. me or whatever, or, or people, I would see people doing a lot of things and, and they're like, you know, my peers, friends, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, Oh, I want to, I want to get involved with something like that or something like that. So, you know, now it's, yeah. uh, now I don't see a lot of people doing it much. And, uh, you know, so, so it has, you know, given me a little pause, like, okay, how do I keep myself busy in this thing? So, you know, I've, I've talked to some people and, uh, one guy, uh, told me he's been writing, which, uh, it is wonderful. Mm-hmm. He's, he wrote a, 30 minute um is like polished and everything comedy and uh pilot and uh he he runs like every morning like that's his thing wakes up every single morning 6 a.m and runs and then he mm-hmm. gets ideas while he's running and then he jots them down and for the second episode and the third episode and fourth episode and it keeps him going and uh you know when he asked me like what are you doing um, you know, mm-hmm. I, I told them that, uh, I beat two video games. I grew out a beard <laughs> and I gained 15 pounds and, um, yeah, it, Putting it, in work. yeah, I put it in work. And you know, the funny thing about the beer that I've been drinking, um, they have like 15 different brands at whole foods and, and some of them are like really good and some of them are really <laughs> terrible. And, and, uh, <laughs> some of them give me really bad headaches. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I've been doing a lot of work as, as, as far as like researching beers. Uh, that's, that's what it, <laughs> <laughs> that's, you're going to know exactly which beer. Yeah. I'm like a beer connoisseur. Just like, yeah, that's, that's just, that's just what happened. But, um, <laughs> you found your niche. That's good. <laughs> Yeah, but now 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 I'm kind of now I'm back in this. I'm doing this podcast, and I'm going to try to get back into the swing of things. I want to thank you for coming on the first episode of the Ramble. Yes, uh, the Halloween. Oh yeah, edition. I think we did that. We rambled. I rambled. <laughs> <laughs> I think we covered some important topics, and uh, the the uh, Tenya Tenya. I almost said Nathanya. <laughs> Yeah, Tenya, Tenya from Kenya. Tenya, thank you again, and I hope you have a great, great day and wonderful, wonderful weekend. You too. Okay, thanks a lot. (laughs) All right, thanks. That is all for episode one of The Ramble. I hope you enjoyed yourself, because I said, Once this pandemic ends, I will have guests at my own studio where we can sit face to face Joe Rogan style. And when that day comes, I will tell them to avoid the 10 freeway like the plague and take San Vicente instead.